0: Daddy
1: for real. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Bosses only hang with bosses. Bosses never take a loss. Boss never even run them. Boss steady doing numbers.
0: They
1: say my back against the wall, but I'm ten toes deep. And I'm still standing tall. i way, way, i way up. These haters get their weight up. Never gonna take a loss. Blessed day to be a boss. Oh, oh. Hey, Yes,
2: sir! We are back! What's up, everybody? What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another edition, episode 5 of the Out of My League podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Deshaun. And we are here to give you all the news, updates, and somewhat analysis for all the breaking stories that we have here in the sports world. So with that being said, we go ahead and jump straight to it. Let's get it!
1: Can you describe the challenge? Um, it is defensively when LeBron. No challenge. But particularly the end of the game, no challenge. Can you describe the describe what it's like as a defender to when he tries to force the switch? Not hard with the guard. Thank you, guys. Hey, I love pat man. Yeah, no challenge. <laughs> no challenge. No challenge. No challenge. LeBron had twenty-eight, nine, and eight. <laughs> no challenge, though. Light work. <laughs> light light work. I don't know. I don't know who the light work was for, but it was light work. Somebody. Yo, the video that's surfacing on Twitter with LeBron smacking Pat Bev is hilarious. <laughs> Smack.
2: <laughs> Yo, Pat Bev, you my mans, man, and you you clamp up, but you know, what? nah, no challenge. Forget it. Forget it. No, no challenge. challenge. But nah, man, let's get into that. Um, Lakers Clippers battle for LA. Big, big game. Hopefully that'll be the Western Conference Finals game.
1: what do yeah. you think? How'd you like it? It was a good game, right? It was a good game. Uh this is the Lakers' first win over the Clippers this year. Yes, they would have um, they would have been swept. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, it was a good game. LeBron had a really good game, like I said, 28, 9, and 8. Uh Anthony Davis 30, he had 32 and 7. Um, and then you had you had kind of weird numbers from Kawhi, right? Like 27 and 2. Like, that's a really weird game for Kawhi Leonard. Usually he has, you know, maybe a double-double or so. But uh, if we're talking about somebody like Paul George, 31-3-6, and 6, like, Paul George had a
2: great game. PG was hooping. Yeah. First
1: half, PG looked unstoppable. And I feel like they didn't get him the
2: ball enough that's down what the happened. stretch. Yep. And I think that's kind of where, you know, things kind of tail ended. But um, that's on big Rivers. up. Big ups to Avery Bradley. Yeah. Um, he had a huge game. He stepped in with some big buckets, hit a couple of threes. Third quarter really got them jumping. Mm-hmm. He had 24 points, and that's that's uncanny. Uh, in a game where Danny Green had zero, and that's who I thought was you know supposed to hit the threes and make those other shots for the Lakers. But, no, kudos to Avery Bradley for stepping in, stepping up, and dropping 24 huge points yeah. and getting, getting them that, Road Mm -hmm. victory, even though, you know, still in the Staples Center. I actually want to get to the Morris brothers. I mean, Marcus Morris had one point. They did nothing. He had one point. All the hype about, you know, the signings for the Lakers and the Clippers, they did
1: nothing. One point.
2: Yeah, I don't think their defense was that big of a challenge because we've seen LeBron flexing his muscles. Anthony Davis. (laughs) Screaming at the end of the game and letting them know that he's still wearing that crown. And we've seen Kuzma give him the crown. And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, man, I I really think that this is the Lakers' year. I think that the Lakers have all the pieces. I definitely think that against the Clippers in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to come down to who has – you know the better bench scoring that day, because I know that Lou Will can get buckets whenever he pleases. Yeah, and Montrez Harrell, Harrell had a great, great game. Great game. I'm interested to see what Deion Waiters does when he finally gets into the rotation. Yeah, but yeah. um, right now the Lakers, the Lakers are moving. I mean, they had a they had a tough weekend. They had the Bucks on Saturday, and they actually got through that too. And it was a
1: great it was a great weekend for the Lakers.
2: It it was and yeah. you know that game brought the question MVP. Where where are we going with this? That's a all big right. topic right now. Okay. So
1: <laughs> All right, so I get it everybody's hype on LeBron right now uh and rightfully so right? He had a great weekend. This is probably his best weekend since he's been in Lakers uniform. Um but let's not get carried away with the MVP talk. I think it's still a runaway Giannis. MVP, right? Like, averaging 29, 13, and 5. I mean, he's leading the league in a lot of categories, right? Yeah, like, he's yeah. been playing out of his mind. He's the reason why the Bucks are where they are. Best record and, in the league. Exactly. And he's probably going to get this team to 70 wins. Like, they look good.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know about the 70 wins just because he's hurt right now. Yeah. And I don't expect them to. Uh, play him for at least maybe like a week I, or so i think i don't think it's severe
1: right yeah i don't I, think it's it, severe. it doesn't look it's too cap, bad but, but it's a sprain so as
2: as of right now at least in everybody else's estimation they have the number one seat locked up right. so i'd rather him fully recover but i agree with you I, i'm not gonna say he's runaway mvp but i still think he's mvp i think that we are getting too caught up in the moment yeah um yep. with lebron and having a great weekend over what is a year's worth work for work for Giannis. Um, The MVP is a year award. It's not, it's not a, it's not a award for the weekend. It's not just an in the moment thing. It's not, what have you done for me lately? It's what have you done to accumulate the entire season? So exactly. I also feel that Giannis is the front runner, but I don't think it is a runaway. Like most people thought it was in the beginning. Um, LeBron is still leading the league in assists. Mm -hmm. He has been playing out of his mind. He has great numbers. He still has great numbers. And the Lakers look great in the West. And I agree, they play tougher competition too because mm-hmm. the West is a lot the stronger. Stacks, yeah. yeah, the West is a lot stronger than the East yeah. right now. So I agree with that. But I definitely think that Giannis should and does deserve the MVP, MVP, excuse yeah. me. You know, if all things are said, just like they're going to play out for the rest of the season. But that playoff race is tight. Yeah. That yeah. That, 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 play, that playoff race is tight. I'm really interested to see who is going to get that AFC. In the Western Conference, the Grizzlies, um, they have it right now, but the Pelicans are right there. They're four games behind them, mm-hmm. and the Kings, Trailblazers, all right
1: there. It's You know, it's, it's getting tight. I really would like to see the Grizzlies keep that Um uh, I just think John Morant, um, Jaron Jackson Jr., that whole squad, I mean, they just look like... I mean, they're a young group, so I don't expect them to make a whole bunch of noise in the postseason. True. But I really think that they're primed to make... They could They could take one game against the Lakers, probably. Like, they're probably going to get, you know, wiped out. They're, they can get one. I think they can steal one game from the Lakers.
2: Maybe if, iffy. Very unlikely. But, I mean anything anything's possible i think i personally would like to see i'm torn between actually the trailblazers and the pelicans the pelicans just because they're a fun team Mm -hmm. very young have a lot of energy Mm -hmm. um i think you know with brandon ingram with lonzo ball zion i I mean i like what i like what they can be like i look i think in the future they are going to be a great team for years to come and Uh as far as the Trailblazers, I mean, who does? not I love Dame time. Like yeah. Dame, lived in the playoffs. He's is not a looking beast. like himself though either. He's he's not. He's yeah, not coming ever off since, injury. Yeah, ever right. since he came back from injury, he hasn't looked like himself. And McCollum, um, I don't,
1: I don't know what's going on with him this yeah, year the, either. The, it's inconsistent. The, the
2: chemistry just doesn't seem like it's there. I thought, you know, with the addition of Whiteside, mm-hmm. that they, would I thought be, it was going to be formidable. Yeah, right. I, I thought they would be a lot better. And I mean, look at them last year. They were, they were insane. Yeah, yeah, last year they were great. So. It's it's gonna be tough, and the last team I like to cover in the Western Conference before we jump to the East real quick is uh, Houston. Yeah, that small ball
1: lineup still scares me. It looks like they it looks like it's catching up to them, and they're they're on a four game losing streak. I mean, I I, I, like I said, Westbrook, phenomenal player, James Harden, a phenomenal player, but you need a big. You really need a big, especially in the Western Conference against. Everybody, if you look at the Western (laughs) Conference, everybody has a big, a dominant big. Yeah. Literally, everybody. Even even the Thunder with Steven Adams. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody has a dominant big, and if you don't have that, your luck is, you know. (laughs) It's sad because Westbrook and Harden
2: play so hard every night, especially Westbrook. Westbrook is one of my favorite players to watch. He plays so hard. Offense and defense, like into a fall. and it's like he he can't do it. They can't do it alone, and we see what happens when they don't make threes. They get blown yes.
1: out, twenty point, twenty five yeah, point blowouts. They, they, right. they, are,
2: they are getting crushed. They aren't just losing; they are getting crushed. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be tough, man. I I, I think D'Antoni, I think it's about his his time, time is up. Yeah, I, I think I, 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 I think it's time is I think his time is up. I don't see his formula. Working. Yeah. Um, no. He, he's tried to incorporate it for a long mm. time now, and I just don't think that this is it. It's, um, his time is up. Yeah, it's it it's up. In the Eastern Conference, we have the Wizards right under the magic for the eighth seed. And Bradley Bill. <laughs> man, Bradley Bill is
1: been
2: <laughs> Ooh. <who laughs> for three straight games, he had 40-plus. Like, he's he's booming. Yeah. And I love what they're doing. They just – they don't they don't have enough. And no. I miss John Wall. Man. I do too. I really I miss John Wall. Like I'm from North Carolina. John Wall, you know, yeah. North Carolina boy. I miss John Wall, man. I, I thought that backcourt was a a great duo. Yeah. Yes. I thought I thought there was a dynamic They were one
1: of the best backcourts for a little bit. Now. Yeah, I yeah. thought
2: I thought they were a dynamic duo. I definitely thought they were top five. Yes. I, I still yes. think when healthy, they can it's, be top exactly, five backcourt. Yeah. Like to me, I put them up there with uh Probably above Damon CJ. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, I, put, I, put them I think both of them are is-
1: better than CJ. So Yeah, yeah. I,
2: yeah, but yeah, to me, both of them are, are better than CJ. So yeah, I put them right above Damon CJ. Mm-hmm. Um probably right under like Westbrook and Harden. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that uh those playoffs looking those look like they're pretty much set in stone aside for that A seed, unless, you know, the Magic or Nets lose a substantial amount of games. Still got the Bucks coming out of the East though.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's one of those things where it's the Bucks right now in the Eastern Conference and then and the rest of the the, Exactly. Yeah. There's a tier. So you got the Raptors, you got the Celtics, you got the Heat, who I I really like the Celtics and Heat right there. And then you have a weird you have a weird seventy Sixers team this year. Ben Simmons hurt and Bede hurt. And they're sitting the sixth seed in the East. And until they get healthy, um, the jury's out.
2: And even when they are healthy, the jury's still out. So yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen there. But I mean, playoffs are right around the corner. So they're going to have to buckle down and get serious if they really want to make a deep playoff run.
1: Yeah, man, I don't I really don't understand what's going on with this uh, with the 76ers right now. It just seems like this is a make it a break a year for them. You already have a lot of money tied into your young talent, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and of course, uh, Joel Embiid. So I believe this is Brett Brown's chance. This is his opportunity to really make some noise in the postseason. Hopefully, hopefully, both Ben Simmons and Joe Embiid come back and and they're ready to hoop. But if not, this might be, you know, the lasting images of uh, Brett Brown and, and the Sixers uh, organization.
2: Yeah, aside from Mike D'Antoni being out, I think this will be Brett Brown's walk of shame if he doesn't at least get to the conference finals. Right. I don't see him lasting that job. They have too much talent. They made too many moves in the past couple of years, and a lot of them seem to not work out because yeah. we see the ending results, and it's it's just not happening. And with Kawhi not in the East anymore, mm-hmm. we thought the East would be wide open. We knew, knew Giannis and the Bucks were coming, but these guys are, like you said, at a sixth seed. They're yeah. not even competing like they're a top seed right now in the East. So, yeah, I, I see them. If they're not healthy, if Ben Simmons and Embiid are not healthy and, you know, not on the same page in the playoffs, I see an early exit for them and I see a quick exit for Brett Brown.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how uh, the switch kind of flips, right, because we all expected that the Raptors would be uh, the oddball out in the Eastern Conference this year without Kawhi and things like that. And they're sitting right in the second seed in the East, and they're forty six and eighteen. Uh, they're a very well coached team. Uh, Siakam's playing out of his mind. They're just a—they're a really good team. They have a lot of team wins, right? They don't have a whole bunch of superstars and things like that. They're just a really well coached team, and they play—they play together very well. Yeah, they—they mesh—they yes. mesh together, yes. and they play. Smart. Chemistry is great. yes. they—they they, they, they just team. play smart. It's, yeah. they
2: don't have anybody that's like really just. Whoa, we're talking about exactly. this one guy on the team. Like we do a Giannis or yeah. LeBron, Kawhi, all those players. They just have a great team. Yeah. They're well coached. And like you said, I mean, they make the smart plays. Right. Not not the hero ball. They're making all the extra passes. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, switching on defense, doing everything they need to do to, to win the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what's keeping them afloat. So I mean, kudos to the Raptors. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate for the Sixers, but hey. You know it really matters. What's that? It's March, baby. Hey. March Madness. Yes, sir. March Madness is finally here. We have all Shoot the college- future, not <laughs> the <to play. laughs> Future don't sue us. <laughs> we we have all of the conference tournaments going on right now. Yeah. Right now. And not looking so well for my tar heels if they don't win the conference tournament. Um, not even sure we're eligible to go to the NIT. So we can pack it in and get ready for the next season, but I mean, it's wide open right now in the yeah. NCAA. There is not one team that is just head and exactly. shoulders the favorite, yes. and that means that this tournament is
1: gonna be a great one. Yeah, I mean, it's really gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good tournament. I think that the ACC is just. They're just one of the best conferences
2: in the tournament this that, year, right? Yeah, and the ACC—it goes without saying—they're every year to me. They're one of the best conferences in the tournament, but this year, I think that you know there are some holes in the ACC. Like, even though you know I'm 100% anti-Duke, <laughs> and this is this is not bias. I mean, Duke is usually incredible. Like yeah. last year when they had Zion, I was like, "Yo, who's gonna beat them in the tournament? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. this year, they don't have that over-the-top superstar. I mean, Vernon Carey is playing great. Mm-hmm. Trey Jones is playing great, but they don't have that one star that I see that can really take over the game and win them the game. Um, Right now, I look at it. There's Kansas up top, Gonzaga in second, Dayton. Dayton in third. And then representing the ACC in the top five is Florida State. and
1: they look really good. They're a very well-coached team defensively. They have a lot of athletes, long, very long teams. And Leonard Hamilton, the head coach, he did a great job turning this program around. Florida State basketball has been very, very good, and they're they're a tough team to play. Way better than the football, exactly. Program. Yes, I mean, you know how I feel about yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I mean Florida State has
2: been great. I um, it actually just recently, you know, over the past couple of years, they made it to Sweet Sixteen, yeah. the Elite Eight. Like mm-hmm. they they've been getting there, and I think this year, them winning the ACC exactly. regular season, um, they're just taking that next step, and they look really good. Yes. Like I said, they play rough basketball yeah. like they're very physical they, they have they, a lot um, of athletes yeah man. they're very physical and you know they're in your face yes. and, like they're scrapping for those rebounds mm-hmm. they're like hustling making they're all. tough the, they're making all yes. the hustle plays and i think that you know they have the potential to you know make a deep run so you know i'm gonna go ahead and put you on the spot right here if you had to pick who would be you know your top four to make it to the final four
1: i'm gonna go um I don't know how the brackets going to lay out right now. Yeah, but we yeah, um, we don't know. Right. That. So if you, if, you if I had to out, pick, yeah. I would say Florida State. Um, I would say Florida State, Louisville,
2: ACC. Good lord.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna do Seton Hall, and uh, and I'll put I'll put Creighton in there.
2: I, I think Alright guys My co-host is drunk Um <laughs> <laughs> Alright N- Nothing against Seton Hall Nothing against Creighton Creighton is playing some great basketball yeah, right they now They look good And uh Seton Hall is too I like too, Dayton but I, too But I, can, I, feel I can't like, trust him right now Yeah I feel like Seton Hall Just a bit inconsistent That I mean they're still They still have you know Great wins But I feel like they're a bit inconsistent For I mean, me we right didn't, now We didn't think Texas Tech Was gonna be good last year either we, I mean I'm <laughs> Yeah Alright man No Last year didn't even count. Like, like last year's tournament really didn't count because, um, yeah, now nah, who was it for for Purdue? The the uh, the one the guy for Purdue I forgot. He was a beast. Oh my god, he plays for Celtics yes, right now. Yes, 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 yes he yeah. was a, he was a beast. <laughs> yeah, he was a beast. Edwards. Yes, yes, yes. You know he was a beast, yeah. and I feel like they should. I feel like they should have went to the finals. But no, nah, this year to me, I have Kansas. I have. Baylor, although very inconsistent, mm-hmm. I'm still both I'm, teams are very still uh, still on the fence about them. Um, Kentucky, mm. I think Kentucky.
1: Okay.
2: And Michigan State. Michigan State is very well you coached. Picking all the power teams. I mean, I think, <laughs> I, think, I, think I, I think Izzo I think Izzo is a great coach. He I is. Think that He is. Their second half, and you know, uh, Cassius Winston.
1: Yeah.
2: Is hooping. Yes. Like he's he's one I, of best, He's one of the best guards in the country. Can, can I?
1: Can I can I switch something? <laughs> I, I do I want to put Virginia in instead of Seton Hall. I like Virginia a lot too. That defense that, that <laughs> I, I tw- hate
2: <laughs> I I don't hate. I loathe teams that only score 50 points a game and I do not think that that is going to happen in the tournament. They, I, uh, last I- year I don't know, by the grace it happened. Man, look, Tony Bennett's a
1: phenomenal coach.
2: He's a great he's, he's a great a
1: phenomenal coach. He's a coach. great
2: coach, but I just don't think that they have enough firepower this year and to I, hang
1: but, with exactly the, I, the bigger schools mm, that I, have length. Mm, and I feel the same way about Villanova, right? I think Jay Wright is a phenomenal. I love how Jay Wright coaches the team, but I don't think Villanova's gonna make that much noise in the tournament. And they're sitting in 11th seed right now in AP top toll, toll or whatever, but they just I don't I don't know. Yeah, to me, Villanova is actually
2: I, if I if I can call them a sleeper team, I'll call them my sleeper team. Even though they're twenty four and seven, yeah. they're the, yeah they're, they're number eleven in the AP Um, They're not getting talked about as much because you know they're not one of the. They don't have the superstar yeah, they this year. Yeah, they don't have the superstar, but like mm-hmm. I, I've watched them play and they They, play, they play some great games. Yeah. Man. That's really how I feel about um Kentucky. I feel like they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit, but I feel like they're jelling at the right time. Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> and it yeah, it's just, it's just it's just hard it's just hard to overlook them. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to keep my eye on Dayton. Okay. Um going to keep my eye on Gonzaga. Gonzaga always is very very they, good. They are. Yeah. And I'm going to keep my eye on San Diego State. Mm. Uh, San Diego State right now is 30-2. and two. Okay, Mountain West. Uh, Which is why I'm just going to keep my eye on them. That's <laughs> a, that, that doesn't mean I'm going to pick them. It just means I'm going to keep my yeah. eye on them. Because, yeah, I, for some reason, I can't really trust those small conferences yeah. when we get to the big dance. Mm-hmm. So... That's going to be a tough one, but I mean, I'm looking forward to all the conference tournaments and then Selection Sunday, of course, which comes up this Sunday to see how the seeding goes, because this is going to be one of the better tournaments that we've had in a long time.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be... I mean, last year, nobody expected Texas Tech to really make noise and things like that. We didn't really expect Virginia to go that far either. And then this year... it seems like there's nobody that's head and shoulders better than the other, right? I think that there's a whole rack of even teams or around even teams uh, in this year's, uh, you know, group of teams or whatever. And if you look at the – what is the gap between, like a, like, a number one Kansas opposed to a number four Florida State or a number four Florida State opposed to a number seven Creighton? Like, what is, yeah. what is the biggest slim. gap? You slim. know what I mean? It's slim. So it's one of those things where there's, you don't know what to expect this year. It's slim, and I mean, that's what makes March Madness,
2: March yeah. Madness. That's what makes the tournament great. There's not that one team that you can go ahead and check all the way up to the final four because, I mean, it it all depends, and I mean, it all, all it takes is one game. Like, we've seen number one seeds go down, Virginia. We've seen those teams go down. It, it was Carson Edwards. I mm-hmm. knew that. I knew that's who I was yeah. talking about for Purdue. Mm-hmm. He balled out last yes, year, and they definitely should have went to the finals, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, the championship game was all defense. Um I just don't see a Virginia doing that. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, it happened last year. Who knows? I just think it's going to come down to coaching. Yeah. I think it will come down to coaching. It will come down to um, leadership, like player leadership, who's been there, who's ready for the moment, and uh, who can just, you know, keep their cool and stick to the plan. Because when the lights get bright Mm -hmm. and that pressure's on, you know, people tend to to fumble. People tend to stumble. And, you know, palms get sweaty, like some would say. it could happen. So anybody can win. So yeah, looking forward to the tournament and also looking forward to next week. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's time, It's time, man. guys. It is time. Where is Tom Brady going? That, <laughs>
1: we've been talking about that for like three
2: weeks. Yo, Tom, just sign. Yeah.
1: <laughs> just, just
2: sign, man. You are stressing the world out.
1: <laughs> no, it's... it's uh, free Agency opens up next week. Uh, so March 18th is the official... New uh, First day of the new league year So that's the first day of free agency Opens up But you also have uh, this coming Sunday The 15th uh, Which is the legal tamping period Technically I mean teams are already kind of Gauging agents And seeing Man, what Yeah teams pe- talking Yeah they're talking <laughs> And they're kind of gauging uh, You know with agents And seeing what certain players Are asking for in price And things like that That stuff happened Way back in the combine A couple of weeks ago um, But I, I think that this is going to be a really interesting uh, free agency cycle, not only because of, you know, the amount of money teams have this year uh, or draft picks and things like that. The comp, the comp pick, uh, you know, group came out this week, so a lot of teams have extra draft picks and things like that. So there may be, you know, a lot more trades, this free agency, but also because it's the new, uh, you know, it's in the middle of uh, CBA um conversation or or, uh, a negotiation between the NFLPA and the NFL. And there's a lot of back and forth that deal. So I think that this is a really interesting off season for the NFL uh, for a CBA standpoint. um, But also like, the leadership, right? Like you have a lot of older quarterbacks that are kind of uh, making their way out of the league, and then you have the younger group, you know, the Deshaun Watson, the Pat Mahomes guys that are kind of grooming. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're going to be the faces of the new faces yeah, of the faces NFL. Of the franchise. So there's a lot of change over the NFL right now. It's going to be a really interesting offseason. Yeah,
2: I think it's going to be very interesting, and the CBA thing is very, very interesting. Yeah. I, the deadlines have been moved back, yep. and um yep. talks have kind of, you know, been stagnant. Mm. The 17 game, 18 game even. Yeah, and it's important.
1: uh, It's interesting. And it's important to mention also that a lot of teams are waiting for a CBA to pass because a lot of teams, you know, they have, you know, a couple players that are like high priced guys that maybe uh, have, you know, a decent amount of cap space. uh, Well, a cap hit if they were to release them. But if a CBA were to be passed, then a team would be able to designate that as a post-June 1st uh, cut, so they would save more in releasing that player opposed to cutting them before June 1st. So a lot of a lot of weight in the balance. There's a lot of teams that are actually waiting for the CBA to pass for that. Yeah,
2: I mean, along with the CBA, you have, like you said, those free agents. And I, to me, it's kind of like dominoes. Every, yeah. Everybody's waiting on that one thing mm-hmm. to happen, and then I feel like as soon as that one thing happens – Everybody's going to start making mm-hmm. moves. Once the CBA is, you know, they have it all together and it's passed, people are going to start re signing. Yeah. Uh, new contracts will be given out. Mm-hmm. I think this is when Dak will potentially get his contract. He's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, who, who knows, man? Yeah. The, him and his agent have been talking with, you know, the Cowboys for a while now and they can't seem to come to an agreement. Yeah. So who knows? They could be waiting on the new CBA. I mean, other contracts around the league mm-hmm. definitely. You know, looming on that And I think that, you know, Tom Brady Is another one of those dominoes We don't know where he's going to go I personally think he'll stay in New England But if he doesn't And he goes to a different team Who will New England bring in? Will they draft a quarterback? And then wherever Tom Brady goes Like, who will the Chargers get? Mm -hmm. They have no Phillip Rivers Um, Will the Bucks keep Jameis? He has new eyes Will the the Panthers keep Cam? He's fresh off an injury Will the Bears keep
1: Trubisky? Well, they have to. He's on a contract. But he's on his rookie contract. But yeah, well, they bench Trubisky. Exactly, Excuse yeah. me. Well, the Bears bench
2: Trubisky. I, I had no. I had no good positive stats. So I just there's no positive. I, I, I kind of just left it blank for him. Yeah. I don't want to leave with negativity. Yeah. So you know, I'm just gonna yeah. you know salute Trubisky. Um, Carolina stand up. But yeah, like where yeah. would Teddy Bridgewater go? Mm-hmm. Um, is how how many years does Drew Brees have left? does like, Andy Dalton yeah. get traded? Where does Andy Dalton get traded? I. Don't have too much about him yeah. either because he throws a lot of interceptions. Um, yeah, it's just what 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 are teams gonna do? Where's Melvin Gordon gonna yeah, go? Like is gonna now sign, that right. Eckler has re-signed with mm-hmm. the Chargers. A lot of pieces gotta get moving. Where's
1: Darius Slate getting traded to? Like there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of players that are kind of waiting in about to see what, when free agency opens up and you know, teams are already kind of talking to each other right now. I mean, legally they can't, but they are. Uh, This is kind of one of the things that happens every year. It happens every year. Every year. Um, So you're kind of hearing the rumors of, you know, players potentially on the trade block and things like that. And teams are talking right now. You have the Darius Slays and guys like that. You have... guys like uh, um, um, rec- well, receivers that are on the market that are kind of, you know, want to get moved out of their uh, current states and things like that. Like Stefan Diggs is a yeah. name. I would say that he's been wanting to get out of uh, Minnesota for a while, but I think that, you know, they're, Rick Spielman, their general manager, he's not letting him out of that. that yeah, thing. and I mean, onto to your Vikings point, what are the
2: Vikings going to do? I mean, I feel like they have been a step behind, ever since... This is Kirk Cousins last year on his contract yeah. coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. What but I think they, they're going re- yeah, to extend him. Are, are cap- they going to extend him? Because to me, he, he hasn't proven that he's earned it. Yeah, they, so they, they brought him in for
1: a Super Bowl. And he...
2: He can't even get to the uh NFC, NFC Championship. Yeah, he can't get to the NFC <laughs> Championship game. What, what is he doing out there? He's
1: Yeah, I mean, the Vikings are in an interesting kind of situation right now because they don't have a lot of cap dollars. Right. So one thing they can do is kind of renegotiate or extend... Uh, Kirk Cousins is off offseason to kind of have some salary relief. It's been floated around that, you know, Harrison Smith may be on the trade block. He's 31 years old, 31 year old safety. He could be on the move. Uh, and then you have. Uh, your your free agent safety, Anthony Harris, uh, Harris, who they really like. He's a young player. I think he's 25, a young safety on the market. He's going to get paid somewhere. Uh, you have Avon Bell from the Saints, who uh, is a safety that's going to get paid 24-year, 25-year-old, uh, young safety who a lot of teams kind of covet right now. Uh, th- it's just one of these things. It's one of these years where I think the def- defensive players are going to kind of uh they're gonna suck up all the money in free agency, right? I think offensive there's gonna be a couple of offensive players that are gonna get, you know, the bag a little bit. I agree. But I think the defensive players are gonna take up all the money. Pass um, yes. rushers. Aside from the like big that, corners, yes, aside
2: from the uh, um, the couple big quarterback names right. that, like like a Brady, who are going to you know demand a, a fairly thin, yeah. big salary. It's gonna yeah, be I defense. think yeah, I think I think it's going to be mostly defense heavy too. Because I mean, a lot of teams they 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 feel like they're a few defenders away, and we see what the Chiefs mm-hmm. did, and we didn't think they had like yeah. you know a great defense, but with a great quarterback and with a defense that's formidable. And, you know, they got the honey badger back there.
1: They have a good defense line, yeah, to they, too. Yeah,
2: they, they have a solid defensive line. Like, they won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, yeah, I think the defense will be getting thrown the back, especially DBs. Yeah. D, D, I mean, DB heavy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was rumored just, you know, a week ago that Byron Jones is going to be making anywhere from 16 to 18 mil per year. Uh, So that is a lot of money For a corner For for a corner for Uh, sure Then you have a Darius Slay Who's on the trade block Who says once he gets traded He wants a brand new deal He's going to top that market Then you have a Jalen Ramsey On top of that When he gets his back He's going to be the highest paid Oh easily yeah Ever Easily Um, And then you have pass rushers Like a Jadavian Clown And you have uh, Chris Jones Mm -hmm. From uh, Kansas City Who's you know The defensive tackle there Who's looking to cash out uh, Potentially going to be Franchise tag Mm -hmm. uh, In Kansas City You have a lot of guys that are kind of on the move. You have a James Bradbury from Carolina who's not – I don't think he's a top-tier corner, but he's going to get paid top-tier corner money because he's a young corner. He's 25 years old, coming out. He's going to be opening a market, kind of a weak cornerback market as far as free agents go. Uh, But it's kind of one of these things where – it's going to be defensive heavy like this free agency i wouldn't expect a whole lot of offensive players to get like super super good contracts right unless you're like a tackle offensive tackle or something like that um there's not a whole lot of great receivers i mean robbie anderson's probably going to re-sign with the jets um but he's probably going to get probably about 10 mil per year something like that but you're not going to have a whole lot of offensive receivers to right? i like I like, Anderson. I like i do too he's, he's speedy i don't th- i don't think you're going to get you know a lot of receivers that are going to get you know 15 16 mil per year uh there's just not it's not that kind of market it's going to be a heavy defense for sure yeah
2: unless you're one of the the big name receivers like the main receivers like the julio's yeah. like you're not yeah you're not getting those type of contracts and i mean receivers look at look at the draft i mean man <laughs> look, i mean see Rece- receivers yeah. are heavy in the draft offense is heavy in the draft like this draft class
1: has some stars yeah there could be there could be anywhere from six to seven receivers taken just in the first round alone which is crazy like
2: yeah like the draft is coming up we have draft coming up next month in april like the draft has some stars like they have a lot of talent out there and i mean we we've already seen it on display in the combines yeah we we've seen it on display in the combines it's going to be great work. yeah man the draft has a lot of good receivers this year a lot of good receivers jared judy rugs cd lamb like there are plenty. Justin pl- Jefferson, yeah. Brandon Ayuk, like, <laughs> you, you, it's a yeah, good class. You, you, you know even more than I. like, yeah. there are plenty of receivers out there, and they were all looking good in the combine as well.
1: For sure, yeah. I mean, you look at how crisp some of these receivers ran routes. I mean, Ruggs got hurt doing his 40s, so he didn't run any routes, but Justin Jefferson looked excellent. Brandon Ayuk looked really crisp in and out of breaks. Jerry Judy was excellent. He's probably the best route runner in the entire class. And then you have somebody like uh, a CeeDee Lamb who is just – He's a he's a master with the ball in his hands. He's an excellent route runner. He's crisp in and out of the break, but he's aggressive. He, his comparison is DeAndre Hopkins, and he kind of plays that way, right? He will snatch the ball out of the air, but he's he's ever even better after the catch. Yeah, so. man. Now, nah, like these guys are vicious, mm-hmm. and
2: like they're gonna come in and make immediate impacts mm-hmm. on the team. So I'm looking forward to it. And speaking of the draft, speaking of the combine, we go, we got your man's right.
1: Yes, sir. My guy, Teron Davenport, ESPN reporter uh, for the Titans, and also. Really, really great resource for the draft and scouting guys. My guy, Teron Davenport. What's going on, TD? What's up,
0: man? Appreciate you guys
1: having me on. No problem. We're glad to have you on. TD, we were already kind of talking about wide receivers. Obviously, the top five are CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, um, Henry Ruggs, Justin Jefferson. And I would say my personal favorite would be, uh, one of my favorites would be Brandon Ayuk. How would you rank uh, your top five receivers in this class?
0: Well, you know what, I I go a little bit different from a lot of people, and okay. I, I'm starting off with Henry Rux, okay. and I, oh, wow. I just, and it's because of more than just the speed. I love the way he's willing to go across the middle, mm-hmm. right, and and catch the ball and turn it into big gains. He gives what you call free yards. Yeah. So you could you would throw him a short pass, whether it be one of those little turn routes, you know, like a like I said, a slant, a, a screen, and he's just always a threat to score from, I don't care if he's outside of the stadium, he's still a, a threat to <laughs> yeah, score. Yeah, a, And that's that's big time. And then not not to mention the way he can impact the defense, right? Mm-hmm. So when a defensive coordinator is putting putting a plan together, the first thing he's going to say is we're not going to let number whatever Ruggs wears in, in the league, we're not going to let him beat us deep. Yeah. So now all of a sudden you have coverage just being completely changed because of one guy, and to be able to do that as soon as he sets foot on the field it is is major. So I go uh, rugs first. After that, uh, you, you know, I'm, uh, man, it's close. Yeah. I, I want to go Brandon Ayuk, but I'm gonna go the Lamb just because I, okay. I I love the power that yeah. he brings, and the way that he attacks the the football, mm-hmm. and how he plays along the boundary. He has such Superb body control. Yes. Whereas he always finds a way to get his feet in bounce yeah. so that the, the catch is, is an actual completion. And I love that about him. He's not a guy that's going to wow you from a testing standpoint, right, right. but from a football standpoint, he is. And that's why I could see some of the comparisons that people made to DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Hopkins is not a superb athlete, he's just a guy that wants it. He has athleticism, but he just has he has dog in him.
1: Yes, and yes. I think
0: that's what you see from C.D. Lamb. So, yeah, it's tough, man. <laughs> yeah. After that, I probably go to Brandon Ayuk.
1: That's my favorite. <laughs>
0: that's I, my I favorite. love his yards after catch. Yeah, man. He's you, a, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he's. I I tend to lean towards guys that that give you that. That's why A.J. Brown was my number one last year. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. I really love the fact that. He gives you yards after the catch, and that's what Ayuk does. He does such a really good job of just catching the ball and turning into a running back right away. Man, he, you don't he's see so wasted. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't see lateral movement. He catches the ball, he gets upfield immediately. Yes, and then not to mention, despite his size, he's another one that will attack the football. Yes, so he will, I'll go yeah. Ayuk, and then uh, just Judy. Man, is just and, and I was talking to Trevon Diggs about. Uh, you know, the the guys that he's to go against in, in practice. And yeah. one of the things that he said about Judy was he's smooth. And that's really, that, that's mm-hmm. the truth, right? He's he's a guy that's fluent in his routes. And then he has like that Peter Warwick-like ability to stop and, and start. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's another guy that gets get you yak. So those would be the top four for me.
1: Okay, I got you. So any, any sleepers as far as wide receiver goes for you?
0: Yeah, for sure. There, there's a couple. I, I think everybody's catching on to Antonio Gandy yeah. Golden. So mm-hmm. I, I'll pull away from that topic. Yeah, I like and I'll go to Darnell Moody okay. from uh, Tulane. Yeah. Now this is a guy that he's not a big receiver. You know, he's five nine, five ten, one one eighty five somewhere in that range. He ran a four three eight yeah. at the combine official time. And the thing is with him is that speed shows on the football field. Yes. And that's something that, that is a major thing when you're looking at these combine guys and you're saying, okay, yeah, he ran fast, but doesn't show on the field. It does with him. Right. And you see that. just in, And he's another one. He gets yards after the catch. I mean, he's essentially a scaled-down version, in my opinion, of, of Ruggs. Wow. To where you could, you could have him run slants. He's going to attack the football. He does a really good job against that. Watch the Auburn game. Mm-hmm. He had a pretty solid game against A. McNagney. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, no A. McNagney is a corner that that I'm pretty high on. But he had a good game against them. I think he's an outstanding receiver. I know that he's working out here in Nashville, uh, actually with uh, Derek Mason. So uh, that's a cool thing to to see, you know, a guy getting it in locally. But I think when you look at him, he's another one that gives you return ability too. So he will probably be my sleeper that no one is really talking about. He's somebody that I could see having that Mecole Hardman yeah. type uh, impact, whereas, you know, you just come in, you, you, you give him shots to to make plays, not a high volume, but you just let him be the guy that gashes him. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Every time he touches the ball, it's a big game. He averaged almost 20 yards a catch this wow. past year. Yeah.
1: And I have one more receiver to ask you about uh, before I pass it to Justin. What do you think about Van Jefferson from Florida?
0: Oh, man, you talk about routes, and I, I tell you, it's Exactly. <laughs> That's my guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, re- yeah, I, I remember in in college, I used to watch Sean Jefferson run his routes. Yeah, I remember when he was with yeah. the Patriots. Yeah, mm-hmm. when he was with the Patriots, he ran an out and up. And the, the technique uh, and how fluent he was and the fact that, it, that he just literally ran that out and then turned it up, and there was no breaking down, everything. It was so technical, and I I just remember always really liking Sean Jefferson because of that. So Mm -hmm. now you see his son, and at the combine, that's something I asked him, you know, uh, how did you manage to continue to improve your game knowing you had a drill sergeant as a route runner, you know what I mean, (laughs) overlooking and. It, it it was it was good talking to him about that. And Jefferson, he has he has that dog in him too. Yes. At the Senior Bowl, I saw it firsthand. He and and, and Darney Holmes, one of my top nickel guys, they were going at it. Yeah, man. And yeah, go ahead. The thing with, with thing with Jefferson that I really like is the way he runs those comebacks. Yeah. And he could sell it. Everything's always the same. You know what I mean? It's Marvin Harrison like the way every release is the same, mm-hmm. but. He runs that go route, chops it down, and snaps back towards the sideline. Yeah. And it's just its so hard to cover. Yeah. And if the quarterback just throws to that exact spot, it's going to be a completion, I would say, 7 out of 10 times. a 70% catch rate is pretty good in my right. book. So right. yeah. I, I think he's really the only thing. Sometimes he could get a little too caught up with too much chatter at the line of scrimmage or at the top of the routes Whereas it, it, he gets too stuck in in making moves on top of moves, yeah. right? And that's something in the league, you just got to make your move and go. Because right. these corners are picking up on that stuff. Yeah, Jefferson is really good. Catches everything with his hands. He was a top receiver down there at, at the senior bowl. And it's unfortunate, you know, he has to have the surgery and yeah, everything. But he's going to be back and, and, and ready to go.
1: Yeah, he's definitely one of my favorites. I thought he was really smooth, running routes. I knew he was for real when he went against Derek Stanley from LSU, which is, in my opinion, was the best corner in college football last year. And he, yeah. he really gave him work. So, yeah, for sure.
0: I got a question yeah, and if for I, you. If oh. I could throw one other name in there real quick. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Devin Duvernay. No one's talking uh, about Texas, him. Out of Texas. Oh, you,
1: my gosh. Yes. Uh, man, you you talk level, about yeah. A,
0: yeah, a, a slot extraordinary Excellent slot receiver. Tough. Yeah. And, and, and willing to take that beating across the For middle sure. and bounce off of tackles. He's another one. He actually, you, you know, you watch the LSU game, 12, 12 receptions. You watch the way he gave Grant Delpit the business. Yeah, he, he gave more. On a couple of those screens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a real deal. For sure.
2: I got a question for you. You being, you know, an ex-receiver or whatever, what do you think is the number one quality that you need to be an elite receiver in the league? Is it footwork? Is it uh, the speed? Do you put like a lot of stock in the 40, things like that? Or do you just need to have like, you know, excellent hands? What do you think is the main thing that a receiver needs to have to be successful in the league?
0: I think the top thing is ball skills. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. what gives you the ability to, to make catches even when you're covered. That's what gives you the ability to be open even when you're double teamed. Because if you show a quarterback that you have tremendous ball skills and he can throw it in your direction mm-hmm. and you're just going to go up and get it, it's your ball and no one else's ball, that's how you develop that trust. Yeah, and man. I don't care what anybody says. Quarterbacks, they 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 know – who they're throwing the football to, right? And they they, they know, you know, how much uh, that percentage, so to speak, is when they're going to a certain Mm -hmm. guy's direction. I think best example. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, best example, a good example to uh, apply to to your squad, Deshaun, is is the Eagles, right? Alshon Jeffrey, Mm -hmm. Nick Foles and Alshon Jeffrey. They just had that relationship, you know, and he just put it up there and Jeffrey would go get it. And and I, I think ball skills is important. You know, because if you look, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins is is a top three, if not the number one receiver. Yeah. And again, we're again. talking about a guy high four or fives, Right. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about a guy who's who's six, four. You know, we're not talking about a guy who was extremely quick. He didn't blow up the combine, but has ball skills. And then when you compound that with having that dog in you, yeah. it, you're a different, different creature.
1: Right. Yeah, man, um, I'm glad that you mentioned quarterbacks. Um, we're going to transition to that here. When I talk about Justin Jeffers, uh, I'm sorry, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, mm-hmm. and uh, we're talking about Jalen Hurts, there's been a lot of conversation about who should be the third quarterback off the board. I want to hear who you would take as the third quarterback off the board, and then I want you to rank those three uh, and tell me what you like about their games.
0: Well, yeah, I, I tell you, it's tough for me um for most of the year you know i, I was saying jordan love would be the guy yeah. that, that i would take
1: that's my guy you know after yeah.
0: the tour and burrow mm-hmm. i really like the fact that he has that quick release yeah you know he actually with his ability to escape the pocket and just make plays with nothing really there to help him he, mm. he reminds me a lot of, of uh john watson to be mm. honest with you everybody yeah. says this pat mahomes mm-hmm. thing and i, I don't I don't see that, but I, I definitely see it to Sean Watson. I, I just like the fact that, you know, he's been calm under pressure, right? Yeah. A lot of stuff will be going on and he'll still stand tall or he'll escape and he'll make the throw. Every once in a while, you do see those stories. Yeah. <laughs> like the Wake Forest game, yeah. you, you know, it, it, there are some, but in talking to him, one of the things he said was, he was just trying to make plays, and, and, and you got to give him credit for that, right? Considering yeah. he lost basically all of the starters exactly. yeah. on on offense. You know what I mean? And the his head coach and offense coordinator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he yeah. The scheme everything. didn't yeah. change; it remained the same, and they kept most of the same terminology, according to what he told me at yeah. the combine. But still, you lose. You know, you one man gang, and it's it's tough. So. I definitely think Jordan Love. And the other thing is he showed the ability better than Justin Herbert. He's picked up the ability to, you know, get on the center and, yeah. and do what he has to do from there. But the thing is, Jalen Hurts, man. Talking to him one-on-one, it it, it really changed. Like, it really closed that gap between he and Jordan Love. That's what from. I want to hear okay. right there. Okay, That's what yeah, I like you to hear. Can, <laughs> you could feel just that that it factor with him you know you you could feel the ability i personally and 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 this is this is going to come as a a shock to okay. to the people that are listening okay but I, i'm going to piggyback off of what my guy emory hunt told me back in october mm-hmm. and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna repeat what he said, and I firmly believe it now, I don't think there's a quarterback in this draft more ready to have an impact immediately than Jalen Hurts. Wow. Just because of (laughs) the (laughs) – I I think that he's he's the guy that you could drop right into the huddle and he'll instantly be a leader. Wow. I I think right away, it's just like what he calls himself, a rare breed. You know, you look at what he did, Alabama and Oklahoma led both of those schools to, you, you know, the, the the bowl championships here, the playoffs, yeah, the playoffs. you know, yeah. he's a, he's a leader. He's a, he's a leader. He, he's um, a leader. No one else has done that. But then you look at, look at the Baylor game, yeah. the way he came, he led them to back. the comeback. Yep. You, you look at after, after that season opener, he had the tremendous game and he said, oh, well, I, we got to get, go back and, and get better. There's no bathing in success with him. Like he's always looking to get better and I, I just think when you look at a guy that went right into a program like Oklahoma and became a captain immediately, mm-hmm. I think that speaks volumes. Only one other quarterback had over 3,000 yards passing and 900 yards rushing. He's a dual threat. I think he's ideal in a, in a play-action scheme. Yeah. I, I think when you look at his ability to make plays, whether it's you know running the ball or passing the ball, He's improved as a passer, mm-hmm. right? Yep. His downfield accuracy ha- has gotten better and that better. Improved, yeah. I really don't think there are any areas where you say, "Oh, I, I can't, I can't see him doing well." And that's why when I see these guys saying fourth round and fifth round, it just—I I laugh at it because yeah. I really, frankly, don't see any way he gets—he gets past the second round.
1: There's to no be way. Honest with you. There's no way
2: and the thing, the thing about Hertz, and I think he was underappreciated in Oklahoma. I think that Hurts was amazing at Alabama taking his team to the playoffs and then he went to Oklahoma first year and he's like bringing them back from huge deficits because their defense wasn't all that great. I mean, Oklahoma yep. hasn't been known for defense, defense exactly. but yeah, him stepping into a brand new system, mm-hmm. like you said, becoming a captain and you know putting up numbers like he was on a he was on a Heisman tear for a while I mean had it not been for Burrow you know not losing the game and beating all the top defenses I think Hertz would have been in that conversation too so no I totally agree with you and I like I like to hear that because not many people are talking about him and I think that he's been overlooked
0: yeah he has and I mean listen don't don't get get don't mistake it right there are Throws where you're like, come on, you got to see that that linebacker yeah. buzzing mm-hmm. underneath. Mm-hmm. It, it happens, you know. He's not perfect, but if there was a guy now, obviously, seeing what Burrow did this past year, obviously, like he's the one. You're like, okay, yeah, you know what? We, now, we, I'll put my future on him. Yeah, but if there was someone else that I could say has a pretty close chance to having similar success, it would be Jalen Hurts. And like I said, he is the guy. If I had to, to have a guy come in and start immediately, he would be the one. Wow. And the reason being is because I saw him lead two different programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw him lead Alabama, lose his job, mm-hmm. and come back and lead them again. Yeah. When is the last time you heard Nick Saban get choked up when he talked about a player? Right. You know, so I get it. Burrow had, had an awesome year. I just want to see what he could do without Joe Brady calling the plays. Yeah. Right. right. And I think that's a legitimate um, question. Yeah, because it's
1: scare. Right.
0: You saw video game numbers. And then you saw decent numbers. Mm-hmm. Which one? Which one is it? Right. You know, or, or where in between?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, Joe Brady had a huge impact, obviously, on Joe Br- uh, Joe Burrow. And plus, you know, he had the elite receivers uh, at LSU as well to kind of complement that. Um, Teron- and, and, yeah. and a
0: couple of good tight ends and, and yeah. a really good yep. running back.
1: Yeah, what is it, uh, Randy Moss's son, right? Yeah. Tight end? Uh, yeah, and then tight Sullivan.
0: End. Sullivan, yeah. the other tight end, he's mm-hmm. not bad either.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, any any sleeper quarterbacks uh, for you, Teron?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm going I'm to go to Virginia. Okay. Uh, Bryce Perkins. Yeah. I really like, Perkins, I like him too, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I watched him. The Florida game was really good. He had maybe two or three bad throws. But for the most part, he was lights out in that game. Um, he had a pretty solid game against Clemson, too. I think he's the the, the modern-day quarterback the guy that, as we talked about with Hurts, as we talked about with Love, that can make plays, right? Extend plays and, and, and find ways to beat the perfect coverage. Yeah. There's nothing like a defense having everything shut down from a passing perspective, and the quarterback sees that, finds an escape lane, scrambles for 13 yards on third and 11, and steps out of bounds. Watch, the next time you see that, watch how defense, watch how they react after that play. Mm-hmm. Their shoulders are, are, are slumped, their heads are down, they're shaking, it, it, whatever. It, it's a bad reaction because it's frustrating. And I like quarterbacks are able to do that, and that's what Bryce Perkins
1: does. Oh, I appreciate that. One more question before I let you go, Teron. Uh I'm going to go back to Jordan Love, and one thing I notice about him is the ball flows out of off his hand very smoothly, like it's almost mm-hmm. effort, effortlessly. Um, even speaking at uh, like looking at him uh, on the combine and things like that, what did you see when you see him throwing the ball? Specifically? Well, like you
0: said, it, it's it's a flick of the wrist, yeah. right? And, and the, you don't see any strain. Like some of these guys, you watch him and you could just see the stroke. Philip Rivers, right? He yeah. throws the ball. It's like, wow, he put every muscle into his uh, in his body. Into <laughs> it looked like throat. it hurts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: it like yeah it hurts but me.
0: hurts or excuse me, love is just smooth. He he's a very smooth quarterback. Like I said, that release too mm-hmm. is is really quick.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing. That's the quality that you know most attracts me to him is when I watch him. It, it reminds me of. Uh, and I hate to say it, it it reminds me of what Patrick Mahomes was at Texas Tech, right? As as effortlessly as it is flowing off his hand, Pat Mahomes was pretty reckless at Texas Tech as well. Uh, Oh, yeah. But you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where that's why where my comparison draws. But I get the Deshaun Watson uh, comparison as well.
2: Yeah, and I didn't even see the uh, Deshaun Watson comparison at first. But now that now that like he's it makes mentioning sense. it, it, yeah. ma- it makes sense yeah. because yeah, the the ability to make plays when there's nothing there, scrambling out of the pocket, you know, keeping your eyes downfield, and just making that extra pass is, I I, I think Deshaun Watson is a, a good comparison. I think Pat Mahomes would be one just because. I think it's a little risky at times, yeah. and I think uh, this year, albeit he had like a whole new, basically a whole new offense. Um, I thought that he was a little bit risky at times, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not gonna say careless, but maybe trying to do too, too much. much, trying maybe to make trying, too many yeah, plays, yeah, maybe trying to do too he much, did. and yeah. I think I think that's what got him, you know, not not a bad rap, but you know, just kind of leveled leveled out the playing field a little, yeah. little more because I I do think he's better than Herbert as well, for
1: sure.
0: Yeah, and you know, the thing with Herbert with me is, <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> the, that laugh, off, it, it doesn't, it don't seem like you're too
2: high on him right now. <laughs>
0: there there were a couple of things with, with me personally that I saw that just made me like, I, I don't know. Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. At 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 the senior bowl, you know, he was standing by himself. I went up to him, I said, hey, Justin, who's your agent? he started stuttering and he looked at uh, the, the senior ball assistant that was with him. I was like, am I allowed to tell him that? I was like, yo, my man, like it's, it's common knowledge. Wow. I'm just asking me who your agent is. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I, I got frustrated like that and spoke to him that way, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then you, you, you go back to, to the combine, uh, Eric Williams, uh, our our NFL nation reporter yeah. that covers the chargers. He asked him if he is the guy that could come in day one and start. Mm-hmm. And Justin Herbert said, "Well, I, I, I don't know that that's a decision for me to make. I don't know that I could be that guy. Like, if it's up to me." I remember, wow. I
2: remember that response. That was big to me. That that's one thing. He wow. didn't sound too confident in himself in that answer. Yeah. And I actually, I seen that, and I was like, that struck me as something surprising. You always like, especially top yeah. top prospects, I always say, "I'm ready to come in and do whatever it takes." You know, I'm gonna be the best person that I can be, and I'm gonna help. You know, elevate the team. Yeah. And he just didn't seem like he had that confidence behind him, and I don't know if that was just a safe answer for him, or he he doesn't he really uh, doesn't know if he's ready.
0: Maybe it's far from safe. Exactly, yeah. far from safe for anybody trying to be yeah. a top ten pick. Yeah. But conversely, when that question was asked of Jordan Love, he's like, "Yeah, I could come in. I'll be the guy. I, I could, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's, Let's yeah, start. put it
2: put the team on my back. Exactly, <laughs> put the team <laughs> so, on my back. Yeah."
0: My thing is when you take that hesitation, mm-hmm. right? Imagine so everybody's mocking him to the Chargers. So mm-hmm. okay, let's say he goes to the Chargers, right? Yeah. And, and and you have a play call. and Let's just say you you got smashed on on both sides, mm-hmm. hitch corner on, on both sides, yeah. right? Yeah. And let's say, um, let's say, Keenan Allen is running that corner route to the right, and and, and he's open. Yeah. Or no, let's say he's covered. Let's say he's covered. Okay. Let, let's say the, the, the corner buzzes back, it's covered too, but the corner buzzes back to to be underneath the, the corner route right. and, and the safety is over top. Uh-huh. But Keenan Allen feels like he could beat both of them. Yeah. He comes back to the huddle after Herbert doesn't make that throw and is screaming on Herbert. What does Herbert say? <laughs> oh, well, I, I don't know if I can make that if I can make that throw. I have to check with coach. Yeah. Uh, it looked like he was you was covered. You had, to check with, you had to check with the senior ball assistant to, to find out if you could tell me who your agent is. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do when you're facing the Raiders and, and Keenan Allen is coming back telling you he wants to – but what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to handle that? And I think that's the thing that, that makes me say – it's I'm a, not so sure that he's ready to go in and start right now, AD, but at the same time, the kid is like he's plenty athletic and he he has a big arm. He yeah. makes throws, and you're just like, whoa, you know what I mean? But there's that more stuff side. to it than just that. Yeah, you you're know, right. Right. especially
1: like fitting in an NFL locker room. I don't know if that's going to gel well. Yeah, you got to have the mentality. Yeah, yeah, I don't. You know, most yeah. guys, you know, one 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 thing that NFL players know, especially if it's you know supposed to be the leader of the team, is they know when somebody's not the guy to lead them not mentally and mentally ill
2: yeah like you gotta you gotta have the mental strength to be to be a leader you gotta want it you gotta have confidence in yourself and say yo i'm gonna lead this team and be willing to you know take that risk if if it means like getting those extra yards for the first down like you said throwing to keenan allen in double coverage if he feels like he can make the catch you need to feel like you can make that pass like he's a big receiver he's a huge target like you gotta you gotta be confident in yourself and if the team around you sees that you know you're scared to do that then it's like they're not going to rally around you exactly
0: exactly there's there's no room for weakness at that position and when i say weakness i'm talking about just like weakness as as, as a a presence there's no room for it right
1: yeah teron uh we we appreciate all your time and i do not i didn't, didn't want to take up too much of your time we definitely appreciate you coming on and, and talking about a lot of these prospects and a lot of these guys that, you know, should, you know, light up the league here very soon. So uh, we're going to let you go, man. We certainly appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you guys. We definitely got to have you on again, my guy. Yeah, for sure,
0: man. No, nah,
2: this was <laughs> this is, this is good talk, man. We're very, very thankful for it. Uh, sorry it was so late, but we appreciate you, you know, taking some time out to talk to us. And we hope to talk to you in the future.
0: Yeah, for sure. You got my number, so anytime.
1: All right, man. All right. Uh, Yeah, that's none other than Teron Daffinbord, my guy. uh, He's also the ESPN Titans reporter. Uh, Obviously, he's well plugged in in NFL draft circles and things like that. Um, With that, I mean, you have any remarks after all the comments he made?
2: Herbert ain't it? <laughs> yeah, basically, right. That's what it sounded like to me. It's, like, that's
1: an that is an automatic turnoff. If I your mean, quarterback doesn't have the confidence,
2: it, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, you have you have to be confident. Mm-hmm. You have to feel like you can lead the team in crunch time. And yeah. if, if a team can't depend on you in crunch time, when can they depend exactly. on exactly? Exactly. So I, I like I, what I really like from his conversation. What I you know grasped to me was his receiver order one because I personally had Jared Judy up there, but. I mean, him just explaining some of the things, like, you know, the yards after the yards after the catch that, you know, is really impressive, how route running and being open when you're not open is, like, a big thing. Because yeah. I wanted to know, like, you know, do people put a lot of stock into how fast mm-hmm. you are on the field versus, like, the 40? Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, him being a former receiver, he knows. And, it. you know, you heard in his conversation that it, it all just depends on, you know, your ball skills, like, yeah. You have to be able to get the ball, like, and it makes sense. Even the slowest receivers find a way to mm-hmm. get open. Yeah. Everybody's not the fastest, like he said with D Hop mm-hmm. and Hopkins is, yeah, like top three in the league. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the that that was really good conversation. And then Jalen Hurts, yeah, I, re- yes. I really, yes. really, really yes. like I like that Jalen Hurts talk. That that that's good talk because I feel like Jalen Hurts was a little bit underappreciated in, sure. in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, once he left Alabama, he didn't really get any of the talking. He's, he put up great numbers. Yeah. He put up amazing numbers and everything was Tua. Everything was Burrow. Everything was even Justin Herbert. And he comes right out and says he thinks Jalen Hurts is the most ready now quarterback. Him and Emory Hunt. That's another yeah. guy. We're going to
1: have Emory Hunt on the show as well. Yeah, he, think,
2: yeah he thinks um, that Hurts is the most ready quarterback. So, I mean, those are the things that stuck out with me, and those are the things that, you know, with the draft coming up soon yeah. that I'm looking forward to seeing, like, you know, where he gets taken in the draft and then how that team utilizes him.
1: Yeah. You know, it's those are all great points. Uh, one thing, you know, I, I want to go back to – The Jordan Love conversation and I'm glad that he brought up uh the everything that was taken away from Jordan Love this past year but also how erratic he can be at sometimes right um and how he kind of compared to a Jalen Hurts and a Justin Herbert um the other thing is the receiver class I think me and Teron's top receiver list are pretty identical I was really shocked that he had jerry judy in the back of that though that's no. really interesting
2: yeah and i agree i i think our receiver list is as far as i know the same mm-hmm. names just different orders yeah, yeah, I, yeah. the the order of judy being fourth or uh, at the tail end is what kind of threw me yeah. off because i thought he was uh the crispest route yep. runner. He uh he Which has he, is, yeah, right. he has good speed, he has great footwork, mm-hmm. and he can catch the ball. And to me, he, he's a go-getter. Yeah. And and that's what I need from a receiver. Like he said, somebody's like the dog mentality to go up and go get the ball, not be afraid to go across the middle. And so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I I have to take I take his word for it, because he 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 knows. Like he yeah. knows. And if Henry Ruggs is that high that high, then yeah, I have to put I have to put stock in there. I have to believe it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard things, you know, from a, a few different people in NFL circles about Henry Ruggs. And some of them believe that he will be the first wide receiver off the board, which is interesting because everybody has selected Jerry Judy, number one overall, you know, the first receiver off the board anyway. Um, no, it's it's gonna be really interesting come draft night. Obviously, me and you will both be there. Mm-hmm. In Las Vegas for the NFL draft. It's Vegas, baby. So we have about a month uh, before we get out there. Um, yeah, man, this is, this is a great conversation. We got to have Teron back, definitely, obviously. Definitely, for sure. This was great. Need,
2: need to get him on. Need to get... Emory a few Hunt, other, yeah, yeah. Hunt on. Like, need to get a few other people on just, just to talk and chop it up about, you know, the league and the talent, you know, the upcoming draft and post draft for um, sure to you know get their reactions on where people got drafted yeah. and then how we think they're gonna stack up yep in their rookie season because I think I think these names drafted this year will make immediate impact. Exactly, yes. I think they yes. a lot of them will make impact immediate impact. Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm interested to see how that talk will be after the draft because some of these players are gonna step right in and you know be that missing yeah, piece.
1: For sure. For sure. Especially the receivers. Um yeah well, that's going to do it for us today. We appreciate all of you guys, all our listeners. Uh, this this was a great pod. Uh, a lot of information coming out of this pod. Teron dropping a lot of knowledge and a, a lot, lot of insight of, on a lot, the, of, a lot of these prospects. A lot of insight. So we certainly appreciate that. First hand, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, again, please like, share, comment, review uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and, of course, uh, SoundCloud. Please, please, please share it. Uh, You know, tell people about it We are here for you guys We're giving you all the latest headlines And we're trying to give you more content like this When bringing Tehran on So I appreciate you guys
2: Definitely guys Please, like I always say Like, share, give us feedback Let us know, you know What you would like to hear about Because we are here for you guys And we are here to give y'all the sports stories The insight Mm -hmm. The the inside scoop All of that stuff So we appreciate you guys for listening We appreciate y'all for taking the time out To, you know join us in this and we hope to hear from y'all again
1: yes sir this has been episode five of the out of my league podcast we out No way, ain't no escape. Big dog eating off the plate. Cool breeze marks with the same. Flexed up now, John Cena. Racked up more than Serena. Wife of baddie looking like Nia. More drip, more than a leader. I'm at the wood I said I would get. No mediocre, I'm feeling like Tip. Sound like to me, we got us a hit. They can't even drip line. So savvy is a swag daddy. Red eye flights out to Cali. Holding bags looking like a caddy. Penthouse vibes, no Addy. This is the wave to give them a feeling. Rappers be capping, no, I don't feel. Feel like the man when I walk through the building Too many scars and spiritual healing. I got a million dreams I got a million schemes We going crazy, we going crazy We got the winning team After a year, they thought I fell off I say the joke's on you Making them plays, making them moves Good with that ink, jarum Reload it back with the clips Hammer, I'm too legit Too much torch, I'm lit Too much torch, I'm lit, I'm lit. What you gonna do? What do do I